Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to podcast episode 11. Um, we are very excited to have you, and we're going to actually get right into our first thing. We're going to, I mean, you, you know everybody, so everybody say hello, just so we can... Hello! Hey! That's Tony and Steve. Alright, so we're going to get right into it. Uh, I am John from theturtleroom.com, and we want to start... You have to be willing to give us a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of your imagination right now for this first part. So put yourselves, if you have to close your eyes or whatever you want to do, put yourselves in this position. You and a group of friends are traveling to, we'll say, Colombia to meet with a witch doctor because that's where you go to meet a witch doctor. You meet him. He says, listen, I have this potion that I just made and I don't know what it does, but if you want it, I'll give it to you for 50 bucks. You, being a, a huge nerd and being very excitable, are bought. He's a good salesman. You know how they, they, they get you to buy stuff, these witch doctors. You buy the potion. The good ones. The good ones do. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, all the best witch doctors are good salesmen. That actually is, that's got to be true, though. You and your three friends, you are three, so there's three of you. Yours, you and your two friends, Tony and Steve, all take a shot of this potion. What does the potion do? You're very, you feel very calm, euphoric. It tastes not good. It tastes like a lot of there's been toads in it and uh, things of that nature. It's very earthy. Uh, you fall into a deep, deep slumber. Only to awaken, and you've traveled through time. Now, okay. how far back in time have you traveled? You don't know, but you it's, it's prehistoric. You're definitely prehistoric. So you look around <laughs> for some dinosaurs because you figure that's the best thing that, or the most, thing most likely to kill you. The, game, the name of the game, you've been... You've been transported back in time. It's the name of the game is survival. Where's my next meal going to come from? You know, you're in the middle of prehistoric Colombia, the Amazon slash Orinoco River basin, uh, with megafauna and megaflora, or big plants and animals. Now, you think to yourself, look for the dinosaurs. You have not seen any dinosaurs, but you're getting thirsty. So you decide, as all animals must do, you need to get some water. So you go down to the water and this is you're not again you're a nerd, you're not a jerk here. You're looking around. You got your head on a swivel because you know that things that could be coming and you don't know what they'll be. All right, now picture this. You slowly get to the water. You're lapping I'm assuming you didn't bring a canteen to the witch doctor, so you don't have that on your person. So you travel back in time and do not have a canteen or anything other uh, in that in that general. Where do we start, Colombia? Co we're in Colombia, yeah. So you're assuming that you are in you're in prehistoric Colombia because that's just the the right. physical mechanics of time travel. Um, so the you know you, you and your your friends, there's some camaraderie. You're still you're feeling good. You're excited because you're back in time. As you sit there. The least likely to survive is always the slowest, largest member of the troop. I'm now, done. Having said that, 
you traveled back in time with Tony, so you are in really good shape for not being the first one to die. <laughs> As you're slowly sipping water, you see a slight disturbance, but it's <laughs> far in the middle of the river. It's not... It, it couldn't be that close. There couldn't be an animal attached to that, and you couldn't be in danger from that animal because it's three, four meters away, what we want to say. What you don't know is under the water, in a slow, stealthy, meat-and-shell tank resides the giant side-neck turtle of the... I'm trying to... Th I'm, hold on. We, you would know it and immediately recognize it as Carbonemus confrini. Dun, dun, dun. Now, by the time that you've figured out exactly what it is, it has killed you. It's, you're already, it's killed Tony. Your Tony is dead. He's being eaten by this side neck turtle that, as you can see uh, on our page right now, this is a, a brief description of it, is enormous. The shell alone is almost seven feet long. With a side neck turtle, you can, they have the, you know, they have the range. So he has, struck at you with lightning quickness and just he just ripped Tony's head off. The head of the head of the size of a football. Just Tony's whole face in one thing. So you obviously feeling a little bit more secure now because Tony's dead and he's he's gorging himself on Tony's face, you decide to run. And as you run, you what you don't see is I'm trying to go for like a Jurassic Park, like the scary, like the Velociraptors are here. Turtles do not hunt in packs, so you're good, you're safe from the turtle. But there's also a Titanoboa has ever lived, and that's right down the road. Point is, coming back down to our present day modern time is don't ever go back to prehistory in Colombia or anywhere. That's really I what I wanted to say. I saw that. Didn't the um didn't the literature attached to that um, talk about how that largest snake ever was from the same period as yes. the turtle that you're talking yes. about? Yes, I, I read it. I read a thing, a similar thing about a um, a guy imagined uh, them fighting, and he said that the the um, the turtle would win. <clears throat> Obviously, I mean that's kind of a kind of a given. Turtles always win races, fights, eating contests. Seriously. Yeah, well, because a, a giant snake, no matter how strong it was, you're talking about they're like 30 feet or 60, 30 to 60 feet, depending. I think on are the are the the snake or the biggest snake, and it's and it's enormous, obviously, and weighs like two tons, but it can't it's still it can't crack the shell of a one ton Volkswagen size turtle with uh, the the beak the size of a football that has the strongest jaws that they've ever found in a turtle can really crunch down. I mean, you get bit with that thing once, you're dead. But I mean, a a, a snake has to strangle you. So interesting, interesting stuff. And the point of that, the reason that I that I gave I brought you down that little uh, that little lyrical voyage, um, was to highlight this article that we showed you a little bit during that. Uh, they found that this is a recently discovered species. I believe it was discovered in 2005, and the paper was released in 2012. Um, so just a little bit of a, and a little bit of turtle ancient history. I thought that was interesting. Why, why, why did it take so long to release everything? Because uh, they just had to do all the uh, the paperwork and 
and all that stuff. Crunching the numbers. Yeah, mm -hmm. like the they right, have to write the journal. Like they can't, you can't just say you found it. You have to do all the research on the. They found the skeleton, and then you do all the research, find out what goes to where, and all that. Yeah, imagine all the different pieces of bone that go along with a right. skeleton of something that big. Right. Matching it all up, putting it all together. It's like a jigsaw puzzle, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, honestly, it's really amazing that they can even do that. That they, you think about that. Everything that we know about like that period is from fossils, from these bones that are they're not even actually bones. They're just they're it's rock that is you know solidified in the shape of the bone. But it's we can tell so much from that. I just my hats off to the paleontologists. I think that's uh, one of the most interesting uh, jobs. I want to do that. I think. I always thought you were like Ross. <laughs> I was just yeah, if I had to if I had to peg you as one of the Friends. I'm one of the friends guys. I was definitely Ross. Yeah, I yeah. hate Ross really. or Phoebe. I'm not sure. Ross or Phoebe. <laughs> I got a little Phoebe in me. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take definitely. that. You're quirky. Who, I would call you quirky. Who are you? Who are you? Six foot nine and quirky. Uh, six foot nine, Courtney Cox. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony's yeah. so big. He's Ross and Chandler put together. Oh. Oh, thank you. That's true. Just nerdy enough, Chandler, Ross combination. I can see that. Either way, I'm not outrunning any dinosaurs. Can we all agree on that? Very, very true. I love that. That's an, I heard that a while ago, that you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just have to be faster than your slowest friend. I think I may have even said that before on, on the podcast. <laughs> That's my favorite quote. That's why I hang out with Tony. It's true. It's true. Uh, so what's going on, guys? What do we, uh, what do we got today? Nothing much. Who, what, what do we want to lead with, my friend? Uh, well, I mean... As a natural segue, I think that goes right into some of the interesting, uh, some of the interesting news stories that we've come up and wanted to kind of, kind of chat about. Um, mm -hmm. The first one being the John Verrata piece on reptiles.com, reptilesmagazine.com. Excuse me. Yep. Uh, I think we have a picture of that, right? I know we will. Um, there's, I hear frantic clicking from Steve's microphone, so I'm <laughs> I don't know if it's frantic, but there it is. <laughs> um, yes, and there it is. So this is some some interesting news. Uh, Tony, you wanna you wanna tell them a little bit about it? Yes. Um, Zilla has now <laughs> <laughs> reptile reptile munchies. They get them too, guys. I'm sorry, I couldn't even say it. I couldn't even say it. Oh man, I ruined everything. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So it's it's thought through some some research done um, out in California that um, turtles, as I can read right in front of me right now, are more closely related to Don't birds. Don't do the thing like the, um, the like people do when they're doing a, a PowerPoint presentation and they just no no no. But I won't. I won't. I won't do that. <laughs> they're related. See see this <laughs> this title is supposed to suck you in, but they're not just more related to more closely related to birds. They're also more closely related to birds and crocodilians. Um, as opposed to lizards and snakes, so and dinosaurs. And dinosaurs. And don't right. forget and dinosaurs. Right. Of course. Of they're, course. They're basically them and crocodiles are literally living dinosaurs. They're still the same exact structure of bones and all that stuff. Right. And so are and so are pigeons and wild turkeys. Right. Well, that's living dinosaurs. You are like Dr. Alan Grant at its at your finest. Yeah, Come. Actually, just I watched that last night, Jurassic Park. Did you see the new trailer for Jurassic World? Uh, no, but I've seen I've seen the thumbnail for the trailer on YouTube and got really excited. Yet it's, didn't click the link. Of so, course, 
Well, you don't have time. Video. You don't have time. I, I to don't. Play. I have too many turtle videos to to thumb through and Steve, did you see? It? And... Did I see the Jurassic World trailer? I did not. God, I thought you guys were nerds, and here I am, only one who's seen the trailer. I bet you didn't see the Star Wars trailer. I did see that. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, you are a nerd. Never mind. Good. I was just excited to see Chris Pratt as the lead in this one because here he, we go. He reminds me of myself so much. You know? There what go? Yeah, why'd Steve yell, here we go? <laughs> here we go. <laughs> here we go. Nice. You can actually watch a trailer on this? There's no words. Uh, you can't hear it. I can't project the sound through it. Oh, oh that's no, that's great. So, we'll, Tony, you and me are going to narrate it. That's perfect. Dude, this is amazing. This is in just a world like uh, where there is large boats driving towards <laughs> islands. Yes, yes. This is so good. We'll oh. could probably get in trouble for this, but I'm alright. Hide your kids. So, I think that the, the idea, the idea of it is that Jurassic Park, they figured out the kinks, and it's kind of been going like people are getting tired of just dinosaurs. It's been going for a long time. So they're they have to like do drastic things to change, but it's like you know it's like beneficially like what if the park actually worked like what if you know what I mean like they figured out after the Jurassic Park one I don't know if they're ignoring two and three but it's saying okay this is what would happen if the park worked and they moved along with it. <laughs> right. Well, you got to figure you first you know build Disneyland or Disney Park and then you go to World. So the it was it's obvious right. that the next thing after Jurassic Park is Jurassic World because that's right. what happens when you get bigger. Right. And like you said, Chris Pratt was in it, and that's I like that. I think he's he's really gone gotten large. He, yeah, and he gives he gives hope to those of us who are uh, reminded by our doctors and our yearly physical that we need to lose a little weight because he <laughs> lost some and he's quite a dreamboat now. He is, he, is he overweight? <laughs> Was he, he was. No, yeah. Originally, he was he was he was like a comedic actor who was like known for his fatness and right. Now, well, like he wasn't known for his fatness. Parks and Rec. Yes, he was fatter, but he was sloppy though. He was known for his sloppiness. Right. That's I guess he, either way, he's definitely improved because now he's like yeah. he's like Arnold. He's like getting the Dolph Lundgren Arnold. Those were those are the ones that they would have gotten. Those parts. Right. That's what um, I'm saying. Right. So the point is that it can be done. Let's say that you can, can be done. you can, can go from it. slob to throb. I hope so. <laughs> um, I've, got one of my, so. I've got one of my <laughs> Vietnamese leaf turtles on a diet right now. We're doing it together. So the diet. A lot of uh, what's what's in your diet? What's uh, strawberries, blueberries, low glycemic stuff. Oh, good, good. Um, Missouri pellets, so we're doing the same thing. <clears throat> Careful, I don't think anyone wants to be associated with Missouri pellets nowadays. Is that a Missouri joke? Yeah, never mind. Um, I think he meant Missouri pellets, but, you know. Missouri, right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was a pun. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, moving on, so... Too soon. This that that didn't mean it like that. That's why I said it after. I was like, "Oh crap!" Um, <laughs> Speaking of sloppy, continue. Do you, so, what I thought was interesting about this article was how they found out that that was uh, that you know that that was the the theory that they came up with. How they figured out that they were closely related to uh, birds and dinosaurs. This being turtles, modern day turtles. 
And I thought it was a really interesting concept. The uh, did you read anything about ultra conserved elements? Yes. Yeah, that was. So that's what they use. What that means, to my general basic knowledge, is that the I, I'm really bad with DNA stuff, but I it's like the basic thing that makes them uh, ancestors makes them similar. So like if you know part of the code that says that they're going to be living on the land or have four legs or eat this and be able to digest it, like those are the same in birds, dinosaurs, crocodiles, and turtles. Whereas okay. we don't share those things, or or we we share less of those early basic kind of building blocks, and you share less and less as with everyone that you move apart with in the theory of evolution. So, right. I thought that was crazy. It's just amazing that they can break it down and and do that. And I don't know. Well, it's cool. It's cool because there's surprises there. So, um, but if you look at like the DNA, it's um, it it kind of refute so many um, interesting things uh, that we always thought were um, truth based on like um, morphology so if two things look alike we just assume that they're really closely related but right. a lot of times um, DNA analysis can kind of um, turn what we think to be reality like on its ear and totally make everything uh, um, you know, it kind of just change everything, the way that everything is looked at. So over time, it's going to continue as we get more and more technology with it. We're going to continue to find things that were thought to be true for a long time to be not true. If we if we just showed up and and dogs were the way they are, then we would they'd all be different species. But if you actually look at the DNA, they are all the same species that were created by man. So morph uh, morphologically. So, they, so every dog shares way more. Of DNA code with any other dog than it does with any other living thing. Right. Even though exactly. some, you know, some dogs may look like a fox or right. some or it's a, you know, subtle changes. Yeah. A Chihuahua and a and a Saint Bernard are the same species, which is just right. ridiculous. Right. Shows what captive breeding can do can do if you're trying to breed high yellow. And in not that and in not that much time either. No. Only like a hundred couple, a couple hundred years. A lot of the species that you, or the, the the breeds of dog that you know are, are changed entirely, and the whole breed is created. Yeah, I kind of struggle when I'm watching. The, I watch the dog show over Thanksgiving. I love my it. Wife, my wife loves dogs, and like I kind of appreciate the history of like the breeds and everything, and how they came to be. But at the mm. same time, I just absolutely hate the snootiness and yeah. the fact that like these animals were created. For human, amusement. yeah, entirely for human amusement. Look, these uh, these little critters are bred to bring you the newspaper in the morning. This right. is the New York Times Terrier, marched along by Cassandra and Todd Jenkins, the owners. It definitely has no. got a little. Turtle people would never do that. Yes, they would. We could not. No, you cannot do that. They would not dress up like that. And I don't. I'm telling don't, you. Listen, I've said it a thousand. I've said it a thousand times. I what I appreciate about turtle people is that they're the most, they're the most studied and and uh, educated and the they're the LL Bean models out of the reptile nerds. Okay, <laughs> let's get that straight. They they wear they dress like they're going fly fishing. They out of read, in comparison to other reptile nerds, they yeah. read books. Yeah, as a and and this is I'm totally hating on everyone, but I, and I I apologize because anytime you make a general statement, you're, don't apologize. You're wrong. But I'm just saying, 
we're we're the biggest nerds out of the out of the reptile nerds. Okay, but that's the reptile all, that's nerds in general are an extremely. It's a crazy amount of diversity within that. The different types yes. of people, like ain't that the truth? You nerds, um, uh, like really woodsy guys, bikers, right? Um, like people that are just like introverts that never would leave, like big showmen, <laughs> people that just want to talk, like you, like. Yes. That's what we saw that we went to the White Plains Reptile Expo on Saturday or Sunday yesterday and you could tell just like walking around you could see how different everybody was and they were all mm-hmm. interested in the same like a little kid talking to an old man about it and talking about the same thing it's very unifying. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But my my point is this, right? We're the nerds, but if you look at like the classified ads and stuff like that, all anyone cares about is the morphs. So we do right. the morphs, right. the two-headed stuff, the pastels, which are, um, you know, arguably, um, pr- probably created by high incubation temperatures. So right. Well, that's so. And I didn't get to tell you this yesterday because you, I saw it after you left. Um, the most expensive. What do you think? What animal do you think was the had the highest price tag on it at the, at the White Plains? Ooh, this is always a fun game. It's got to be a ball python, but maybe it's not because you're asking. It has the word albino in it. Take a yeah, take a take a guess. You both get I'll give you two guesses. You're only going to need one though if you get it right. <laughs> very, very smart. I'm working on my math. Yeah, very good. Uh, I say ball python. It's got to be a ball yeah, python. I mean, what kind? You don't know enough about albino. it. Albino. Like, no, no albino ball pythons is not albino. Ball pythons is not albino anymore. It's like a ivory spinner <laughs> spinner uh, Please keep going. Lavender ghost-faced, <laughs> armless ball python. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is armless. It has no scale. No scales. It All right. So from from what you and from what you just said, I can corroborate that the animal was armless. But it has elbows, though. Is the weird part. It has elbows. <laughs> it does not have elbows. It has forearm hair. That's why it's so expensive. <laughs> no. There is no forearm hair. Sorry. This is one of those ball pythons that will do your taxes for you. <laughs> for the price tag, it better do my taxes. It's That's a genetic awesome. it's a recessive genetic mutation. It's codominant. So if you breed one ball python that will do your taxes with another ball python that will wash your car. You create ball pythons that will do both. Right, an indentured slave. And and that's where the big money starts rolling in. Right. All right, Steve, what's your guess? Oh, if it's in the ball python range, I wouldn't even know what to... What to say? Um, it doesn't have to be. I'm saying that's your guess. What is the most expensive? I mean, obviously, White Plains. Have you ever been to White Plains, Steve? The White Plains show? No, I haven't. It's um, way more snakes, obviously, but yeah, I figured. I figured if if there would have been an albino alligator snapper, I would have gone with that. But I don't expect there to be one of those up there in uh, in White Plains. No, no. Don't say it like so, that. So. <laughs> I'm going to go with some wild and crazy ball python morph, but I don't know. I mean, sometimes I, I think they sometimes I think they pull some of these terms they use for these morphs like they just, you know, yank it out of the butt and say, "Hey, let's put this term on it on a, on a snake." Uh, like, where do they come up with this stuff? It has to it's the mixtures and and every time you create something new, you get to name it. 
<clears throat> a pumpkin ghost, maroon, yes, spinner, yes. ball, python. I'm gonna let you guys keep hating. Do your thing. Keep going. Say no, what no, you we're, not, we're guessing. We don't know. We uh, we don't. I, know I, I, really, I, I really have no idea what what on earth it could possibly be because I, I just don't know, uh, especially the snakes. I, I just don't know them well. All right, so you're you're close. Well, I'll just I'm gonna end the suspense. What it was was one of the first couple, the first round of albino. Brazilian rainbow boas. Oh, interesting. So this is a, they've been trying to get these for a long time, and there was three. There was three. This guy that had three of them. He had two that were just regular that were het for al, for albinism, and one full albino Brazilian wow. rainbow. And how was, much? That was my next question. So guess how much the first like the first round, the first batch of albino Brazilian rainbow boas was going. You t- you talked to him about it. I, I I very briefly I didn't really was it um, Bart was it the guy from BHB that I told you about that was huge no nope he was did up you, on the top he was up on the on the thing we walked right by him when I was with you really did you ask did you ask Brian Barzik if he wants to be on the podcast no not a great time to discuss it either okay. um, just making sure I just want I just want to call you out in front of everyone that you said you were going to do that. I did say I was going to do that. I, well, I was with my dad. He was started walking around like I had. I couldn't. I didn't have time for business. We were. Yeah, I was busy having him, his commentary on chameleons. They're I had just, to pay attention to that stuff. They're just so um, neat. No, they're they're upside down. Isn't that weird? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um it was thirty-two thousand dollars. Oh, that's for not the, that bad for the for the full albino. For for the full albino, yeah. What were, what were the hats going for? Um, I didn't take a picture of that. So I, don't know. I don't remember. I want to say it was in the twenties. I was. It was something. It was fifteen. Wow. It was fifteen to twenty. Wow. Right. And you wouldn't even if you had a hat. You you would need, it would still be so many. You would have to have another. You'd have to have two hats to get one, like one quarter. You could buy a new car for that. I know exactly. That's what I'm saying. Thirty. I texted my my fiance. I said, "This snake costs more than our wedding." Yeah, thirty. And we might have been we could have had our wedding three and a half times for that. Yeah, I mean that's it's crazy. Hold on, you spoke to the guy? No, I I I just in passing. I didn't even really talk to him. It actually was thirty five. I just looking at the picture. See, but oh. I just I just texted you the picture. I don't know if there's a way we can get that up. I don't. I don't uh, know. yeah, I can get it up there if you give me a minute. All right. Because I'm just wondering if they are actually the first ones. I'm sure they're not the only ones. No, no, they're not the only ones. It's like the first round. Like, this is the first, like, you know, generation. Like, yeah, this it's is still new. Yeah, it's, it's not like the only fish. one alive. Right. Like albino, like albino alligators. They've been being bred for a few years, but they're not really, like, big yet. Right. They're still, they're still, it's rare to see them at a show, for sure. Right, 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 right. But honestly, I, I, it's, I, it's I, I, I don't like it. I mean, you take away from what makes the Brazilian rainbow a beautiful snake. It's the colors. Like that's why I don't. And I've never been big on the morphs. I know you know you know you, everyone has their, you know, they're interesting and everyone has their time with them. But it's just not my thing. What's an important? It's an important part of it, though. It's an important part of it, and and you have to understand that a lot of people that are new to the hobby or just really like the look of morphs because they do look awesome. Right. That's, they what, that's what they like. Yeah, and it's and it's it's cool. I I totally get it. What's cool about ball pythons is you can get all these different rare pythons, but at the same time, it's a ball python. Like right. it's still the best pet snake to have. So you know how to take care of it. Um, it's it's easy to take care of. It's easy to breed. Um, it's easy to keep happy, so it's still a great pet. 
So that's what I think. Um, I think that's what draws people in. Is a Brazilian rainbow boa is still a good pet, but now you have the world's wildest Brazilian right. rainbow boa. So right. I totally get that. You know, as someone who has got a lot of who's who's bought or or received a lot of rare species and had them die on me because they're new uh, to me, or and I'm trying to figure out their husbandry. If you've had Brazilian rainbow boas for 20 years and you get an albino, you know how to take care of it. Right. That's just my take on it. That's wild, though. I've seen I've seen ivories on fauna, but I've never seen an albino. I've never seen an albino. I mean, definitely not in person. Yeah, no. There. I mean, and you can see there's a picture up now that is. It's definitely. It's uh. It's pretty cool. I mean, I I think that it looks cool, but it definitely. Something is taken away by the fact that it doesn't have the um you know the the beautiful the striking the orange and the black that is the Brazilians are are known for. It, I I didn't know I couldn't really see that it was it had like the iridescent skin either. Uh it may or may not have had that. I don't know. So that's, that's the really uh, cool. Yeah, that's that's the snake and I'm trying to while I'm I'm trying to get another picture of it. Actually, I took a few. Um <laughs> so yeah. Um, did you have Tony? Did you have any um any interesting observations from the uh, from the show while we were talking about it? Yes, just the fact that it's all um, snakes, all geckos, all bearded dragons. There's not much for turtles and tortoises, so I'm going to be a hater again. But lots of redfoot tortoises. The cool yep. thing about the turtles and tortoises is that, uh, or not cool thing, depending on how you look at it, they just had a ton of things that get imported. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I mean, proceed with caution. I don't know if I want to buy a tortoise from a container that has a bunch of uh, recently imported forest tortoises kept with a bunch of recently imported redfoot tortoises. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not a turtle and tortoise um, uh, shell. That's it's definitely more geared towards the snakes. Um. Again, there was there was a couple. It was good though because I hadn't been there in about three, maybe four years, so it was good to 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 talk to people. And John yeah. makes fun of me all the time for um, schmoozing. Well, I don't know what should we call it though. The the uh, blank celebrity celebrity. Is there a different term we can come up with that for? Um. Yeah. He's a. He's a. Tony is a pioneer in the crummy celebrity department, so he is. I was gonna say crummy. Crummy is good. I mean, that's a little. It's a little. It's not the word that needs to be used, but I think you can figure it out. It begins with an sh sound. Um, it is sharky. Now it's the phenomenon of you're just you're not famous, but some people recognize you, and you're talking about the the people that recognize you are not like hot. Young chicks, they're like <laughs> older guys. Like that's why, like people will. It's pretty cool. People will invite Tony to talk to come talk at like a forum or a show or whatever. But that person is probably gonna be a nerd. That's let's just call. Let's just use the word that we're all that we're all thinking. Well, I'm um, a nerd, so I enjoy the company. No, exactly. I mean, I yeah. wish yeah. nerds would. Uh, I wish nerds would. Would want right. to hear me, but unfortunately, there's zero groups. I'm under you in the crummy celebrity department. I have nobody recognizes me. Zero celebrity. 
yeah. literally nothing, no celebratory aspects to my life at all. Um, but it, it was dude, cool. Though. It never happens at Hamburg, though, uh, where someone like sees the shirt and knows what we're doing. Shots. No, but I think that's the cool that's thing about cool White Plains. There's a lot of people there, lot of people there who there. check out YouTube videos and stuff like that. Not that there's not at Hamburg, but it's just it's just different. I, I thought right. it was cool, though. That part of it was really nice and, and reminded me that maybe I should be stopping by that show a little more often just to kind of get the, the mission out there because there's a lot of herpeticulturists that, that visit that show. Right. Agreed. And it's a, it was a cool thing. Um... Definitely big ups to White Plains. I thought I had a good time, and I thought that you, it was cool for you guys. Someone recognized you as, hey, you're the guy. What did he say to you? He said, the, uh, hey, you're the guy who breeds Spangler Eye. And I said, oh my Spangler, God. Yeah. yeah. I love you. That's a, that's a cool one. I can't even hate. I can't hate on you for that. It was good. It was good. I said, oh my gosh, I love you. I love you. Um, um, but I will but say the White Plains show, show, too, especially after going to Hamburg so often over the past half a decade. Um, um, really nice venue. Really nice venue. Tons, of space, tons of space. Really clean, really comfortable temperature. Everything was really, really nice. So, um, And I know I had been there before, and a lot of people from the Northeast have been there before, but um, it's just a good show. It's a, it's a good show. I, I can't totally hate on it just totally because there's not a lot of... Not a lot of Colonian, Colonian species there. Turtles and tortoises is there. I can't, I can't totally hate. Just a little bit. Agreed. Agreed. So big ups on the temperature control, White Plains County Center. Good for you. Tony when approves. When you're 340 pounds and can't outrun the dinosaurs, you want to be in a comfortable temperature that doesn't make you sweat in the underarms. Especially if you want to, you know, uh, cash in on your crummy celebrity. Right. Right. That's why you don't want to be, hey, you're the guy who breathes Spengler and has terrible, terrible armpit stains. That's, that's <laughs> you want to be. You gotta, once they do recognize you, you got to impress and you got to be, you got to be on top of your game. Oh, John. Um, so I think we're going to, we're going to move, we have a, a, a question, I believe. Is that, is that, are we yeah. able to answer that right now? Yeah, we do have a question from a viewer. Uh, Nick right. has a question. Um, What's up, Nick? Says, All right, just uh, Nick, pipe him in. Nick, where are you calling from? <laughs> Wish we could do video, right. our, our audio. Uh, anyway. Uh, Long-time listener, first-time caller. How are you doing? <laughs> Go ahead, we've got, oh, We've yeah. got Nick on YouTube. He says, hey, guys, can you answer my question? Uh, what is your opinion on... Uh, the pet stores, uh, and he specifically mentions one of the big box stores. But what's your opinion on them having uh, wild-caught Russian tortoises and selling them? That's a really good question. That's cool. That is a good question. If, it, if we keep this up, we don't even have to plan what we're going to talk about in advance. Um, I think... I, I think it's problematic. I think that we've seen so much over the course of even recent history where a lot of species that weren't that rare have become rare. And, um, you know, a lot of testudo uh, animals uh, from that genus are being shipped around and um, in pretty large numbers. So even though it's legal and it's been sustainable so far, Anytime that's happening, just to be, you know, these animals are coming in, they're not, they're, I'm sorry, they're brought in, they're not necessarily dewormed, and they're just sent to live in, you know, 
aquariums um, in in people's houses that don't necessarily know much about tortoises. They just want any tortoise. They just want a turtle. They want an animal with a shell. It might as well be a snail or something. They don't really know the difference. So I think that's I think that's, I think that's, the, that's issue. the issue. I don't I don't, I don't worry, worry as much about, about like hingeback tortoises um, because the bushmeat trade and um, stuff like that in Africa can is really um, rough on some of the Canixi species, but um, I think with some of the testudo animals, it's 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 tough to to justify that because they're not worth much in the trade. So they're just being brought in in big numbers just to fill the need because it's legal, and and that goes to show you why the four inch law is kind of a crock because um, now people are filling that void with these imports that aren't really a great choice. Instead of you know, instead of smaller animals that might be a little easier to handle, like a like a stink pot, for instance, which makes a better pet and will stay small and manageable, and would do well in a 20-gallon long aquarium, whereas a Russian tortoise will just be miserable for the rest of its existence. Sorry, I didn't mean to take that and run with it. Take that and run with it. No, I think that's good. And I, I think I think you're very right. I think that it's definitely an irresponsible thing. I would like to point out as well that during that. Um, I wanted to see if I can get anything quick on the uh, on the web, so I googled "wild caught Russian," and it automatically filled with naked woman. <laughs> wild caught Russian, naked Russian woman was the what Google suggested I search. So I don't know who's been I don't know who's been searching that, but anyway, um, I some some interesting points and a good question. Um, I just can't. I just can't imagine who was googling "wild caught Russian woman." <laughs> you think you've got it bad? I have. I use this computer at work, and I have a client who's from Ghana, and he's always watching like appropriate Ghana YouTube videos on, on the computer. So every time I'm on like tortoise forum, the ads that come up are like for women from Ghana, like mail order or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sitting there, like, on the computer looking up turtles, and my wife just constantly sees, like, this array of beautiful African women across my screen in all parts of the webpage. I always look... I, I, I'm, like, ashamed to be looking at tortoise for So that's what yeah. I've got going on. Well... Sometimes you should be ashamed of be looking at tortoise forum, but only just to, because it's as often as you look at it. I don't think there's anything specifically wrong with that. Um... So this time, for the record, um, as far as bringing up uh, Women of the Night, uh, you did it this time, not me. I didn't bring that up. Yeah, you... Never mind. Um, he doesn't mean women from Ghana. He means... No, I mean... Mail order. Hiring a woman. You said mail order brides, yeah. Right, got it. Got it. <sighs> um, we wanted to show you a, f a couple uh, a couple of other pictures from the White Plains show. I, uh, Steve has got them queued up. We're going to bring bring some of those up real uh, real quick. Good idea. Good idea. White wedding. White wedding. Nice. Yeah, so that's one of those one of those uh, one of those morphs. That's a Cuban rock iguana. I think I just think those are cool. Do you know how big those get, Tone? Any idea? Cuban rock iguana? Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I think that they're smaller than regular iguanas, but they're very very cool looking. They're um they're, they're thicker. Um, like I'm reading uh, Peter Pritchard. Yeah. Peter Brown, he talks about how thick the land iguanas and the Galapagos are. How stocky they are. Nice. As opposed to the ones from the trees. Uh, so that was one of those hat. Um, 
mean, Rainbow Bowl is that's a little bit duller than uh, than most, and they they get a little bit um a little bit like kind of softer coloring as they get older. But uh, mm-hmm. but I mean that, those colors are just so much better than the albino. That's just that one's twenty grand, twenty large. It's yeah, a it pair. Pair is twenty large. Right. <laughs> he had two. I mean, two pair. A pair of two het that were, you know, that would make again like a quarter of your litter be albino. Is my understanding of the the genetics. Yeah. I'm not really positive on that, but twenty thousand sounds 20, like a lot of money to take a butcher's word for. You know what I mean? Yeah. You but gotta yeah, stick your head up that cloaca yourself. <laughs> like yeah, I I I promise this is hat. Right, yeah. I the hat always scares me. I would just put if I was selling it, I would just put everything. It's hat for all that stuff. Yeah, just just breed it and uh, you'll be good. Steve Rosen talks about messing with people all the time. I shouldn't say that on on here, but not many. Just jokingly, of course. But like, if he <laughs> like sell a bunch of his uh, galbinifrons, but have them uh, have them. Spayed or neutered first. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's these are going to be great breeders, man. Here you go. Well, that's one of those things that you can. How do you? You don't know if unless you only no. get three babies, you don't know if it's het. You it could possibly be het. If I was a bad person and I had an albino Brazilian rainbow boa, which let's face it, I think half of the herpeticulture uh, movement is. Uh, Questionable characters. So if I had the albino, I would buy a bunch of regulars and then sell them all as pets for a thousand. But you can have the albino for thirty grand. But you can have right. any of these seven hundred pets that I have. Right. Right. Just saying. Well, and somewhere down the line, they are het. That that gene is in there some somewhere. It's, you don't know. They're heterozygous, so you know. This this picture is a. Uh, Central American uh, box. I think it's Honduran. Um, that was just one. What is that, Steve? Man, I. Um, not if it's the Honduran. The mm. Honduran is in Siza. Oh, I knew you'd uh, know. I'm, yeah, I don't. I don't. That's what he said. Written on the thing. I didn't talk to the guy. And from these pictures, it's really difficult to tell. I like the. Uh, I can't say really see much of the carapace or the top of the head. So. Uh, Hard to say. I would guess they're most likely Mani, which uh, most people just call the Central American as opposed to the Honduran. But that's what he said, Central American. And then he had, I think he he did one of those things like, oh well, it's it's Honduran. It's much rarer. It's one of those. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Or I know a lot about it. I know where it was imported from two days ago. Well, these these guys I actually I caught in in uh, Honduras. Um, I was at the pictures. Who named that first ball python? Billy Idol? I cannot hear anything. Probably I a Billy think... Idol fan. Oh. <clears throat> the White Wedding one? <clears throat> yeah, no, I got you. Good one. For a White Wedding. Do you think, um, John, do you think your fiancé would, would, would like to pay $900 for a White Wedding right now? Um... I think that that's what we thought we were going to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how that goes. What an idiot. Um, For anyone who doesn't know, so Steve and I are married and John is getting married. So we're all like, watch out, brother. Think twice, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally <laughs> I love you, honey. My wife is the best, and I'm just kidding. You know who? No, you know who's the best? Steve's cat. I'm really digging watching him back there. It's really, 
really enjoyable. He's really getting in on, on himself. He's licking away. I like it. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a bather, <laughs> that's for sure. It's bath time. <laughs> bath time at the turtle room. Um, uh, you should know, too, that Steve actually broadcasts from the original turtle room. That's where we got the name from his, <laughs> his lair there. Um, it, it was originally known as the cat room, and then they changed the <laughs> It wasn't um, as popular. Everyone bays in there. Cats, yeah. turtles, Steve, um, Steve. Sponge sometimes it raised a couple hatchlings in this room. There's no, there's no turtles in this room currently, but uh, my two barbers, Maps, lived in here for about the first year of their life before they got a little too big. Lisa cracked the whip on that. No way. Well, that's part of it. She was tired of having having turtles upstairs, and she also wanted a place to put a desk. So her desk is now where the turtles had been, but. Mm. Turtles upstairs. That'd be a good. Uh, that'd be a good name for the podcast if we wanted to have like another, another title. Turtles had to move for the desk. I've heard it a hundred times. <laughs> we need room for a desk, honey. <laughs> um, we want to get to this second article. This is actually uh, this is actually a really good article. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, the reason that everyone does this stuff. The reason that we do this stuff is because of articles like this. Um, so Steve, you can. Pull that up. The uh, giant tortoise population of Española, one of the Galapagos Islands, has completely turned into a self-sustaining uh, breeding population. Uh, so that's amazing. Good, good job. Those that worked on that. I mean, that's this is a really big deal. Obviously, the Galapagos tortoise we've talked about before. It's you know one of the. It's really in the forefront of. Conservation and uh, you know just kind of on it's a very important uh, species uh, and all the subspecies are all um, you know everyone recognizes Galapagos tortoise is one of the poster children for the conservation efforts. Um, Lonesome George having died recently, it's nice to have this happen so that we have you know we lost one of the minor islands. I think uh, Lonesome George is a Lapinta. Um, is that right? Yeah, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, so this is this is like one of the bigger Galapagos Islands uh, geographically, and it's amazing work they and re-released and uh, they had a lot of populations with uh, troubles in the populations with um, they couldn't get food because their main food source was uh, cactus pods that fell during this during the dry season they fall and they would eat that but. Goats were introduced. Like, who introduces, of all the animals to introduce to, like, a beautiful island, like, I'm going to bring some goats. Um, those guys were idiots, the people uh, that, whoever brought a goat first time to the Galapagos Islands. But they had eaten all the all the underbrush that supported the cactus growth, which supported the Galapagos tortoise um, population. So, you know, they got some, some people to, to, to bump off the Galapagos goats. I wonder, how long does it take, how long do you think it takes for a species to develop on its own like that? How long until there was a... Galapagos goat. Oh, I, probably I would have taken a while. Yeah, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't think those goats would have had much reason to adapt the way they were destroying everything in their path. Well, they would have died. They would have just eaten everything and died. So they no, they'd be like adapt. they'd be like a goats. Uh, find a way. Right, just the right, very nice Jeff Goldblum. Just the right amount of <laughs> just the right amount of guppies in a fish tank will survive, and they'll continue to to repopulate as um, adults die off. But, you know, only so many survive. It's not just going to continue to, to populate and populate as long as um, 
you know, as long as there's a limited amount of food. Right, because the population is is bound to the amount of food. It won't know. Yeah, or, and other obviously other factors as well. You know, like uh, the elements or or well, that's predator, the most, I mean, predation or whatever. For general population growth, it couldn't. A population cannot exceed its food source. It just won't happen. Everything will yeah. die. Well, I mean, the Galapagos Islands are known for not having any large predators and not right. many humans for for the vast majority of history up until like the 1700s. So. Um, right. That's why a tortoise like. Well, that's why they got so big. Well, the also well, there were giant tortoises um, all over the world. There was a Florida giant tortoise um, as well. But um, there's evidence of a giant tortoise in Florida being um, being uh, cut open and cooked on its carapace. So um, right. there were giant tortoises elsewhere, but when but nowhere that man um, inhabited. So the same thing happened at the Galapagos Islands. But what's interesting is if you see those saddleback tortoises, that right there tells you that there are no large predators on those islands or right. there weren't supposed to be because they're wide open. You can get right in there, whether they're in their shell or not. Right. You can't cover up all that flesh right under the... Um, so, then a, so then a factor like that... A nuchal scutes. The nuchal scutes. A factor like that, a predatory factor, would affect how large that population grows physically, each one being like it makes it, it makes them larger. That's why the Galapagos tortoises are still giant tortoises. They're still around because there's nothing to, to eat them. They're not there at the top of the food chain. But... Their population can't continue to grow because of the food source. So those are two separate factors. Yeah, but they've also, I mean, on the majority of the islands, they were, they were eaten to extinction or close to extinction by um, sailors that used to go out of their way to stop at the Galapagos Islands. Right, because so, they can get them and they have a lot living living food source that you can, yeah, sail across the world with and kill it when you need it. But it'll yeah. stay. Right. Interesting. Um, but yeah. so that's that stuff. I mean, it's a small step, but it's huge. It's awesome. It's the right type of conservation too. I mean, it's the right species on a subspecies on the right island, and it's done the right way. So you know, we're obviously we keep turtles and tortoises. We keep reptiles. We keep reptiles for years. So we're big um, advocates for captive breeding, um, and it's such an important thing. But it hails in comparison to to this type of stuff. This is this is really what needs to happen, and it's great that the Galapagos Islands and Ecuador um, have been uh, the type of place that can do that. Because in so many other places where so many rare species are going extinct every day, um, that's not the case. So that's what I think makes this so awesome: is that they actually go out and hunt the goats, and they've hunted the goats right. on all the islands, um, and that's what, that's, you know, what they do out there, and that's what, you know, th that doesn't happen in so many other places. You see what I'm doing right here? Hydrating? Gotta. Galapagos goat. Go on to extinction. Did you just pour water into your lap? I poured it all over myself. Yeah, that was dumb. I didn't want to get it on the floor. <laughs> hey, man. That was for the goats, the Galapagos goat. May he rest in peace. The goat, um, greatest, greatest of all time. <laughs> um, let's. Uh, any other thoughts on that? Any other thoughts on the Galapagos? No, I just think it's awesome, man. I'm happy right. you brought it up. Um, we're gonna try to get some of these. Get. Let's try to get a uh, Professor Gibbs Gibbs on. That's what we're gonna we're gonna start. We're we're gonna start plugging for this. We're gonna get people on here. Um. Professor Gibbs? 
Professor Gibbs is one of I, if you read the article, um, if you read the article that I had sent you, Tony, for, for to prepare for this podcast, uh, you would know who Professor James Gibbs was. Um, I'll leave it up to the viewers to uh, to find out. Getting, I'm messing with you. I read the article. <laughs> then why don't you reach out to Professor Gibbs? Because you didn't reach out to Brian Barzik. I don't even yeah, know if that's, you, I think that's his name. I don't even know if that's his I'm, name. I think that's his name. I don't remember you saying that name. You said that his name yesterday, and that was not what you said. Well, I'm sure it's wrong. So for any Whatever, of our, our listeners out there who, who now hate us because I can't pronounce names or think I know a name and don't, it's probably some name of some guy who went, I went to high school. No one cares about human names. You, can't, you just have to pronounce the Greek and the Latin names right. <clears throat> Anytime you say Y's in a last name, it's just like, it's up in the air, you know? Right, and I never yeah. talked to him before because I'm, I'm nervous because John's supposed to handle that side of things. <sighs> and he blew it. <laughs> Whatever. He's supposed to be the charismatic um, host of the show. Get it together, man. Gosh. I, and I am the charismatic host of the show. Um, don't you challenge me. Can I ask you a question? Who hangs what? a calendar that close to a door? <laughs> it's all about being in the camera, man. I know, yeah, and that low, too. This is a great time for a plug. Listen. Great time for a plug. Listen. Let's, everybody, look at the, look at the calendar on the back of John's, John's wall here. All right, this is the, the 2014 edition of the calendar. Uh, we have a 2015 calendar out now that you can, you can go to our website, theturtleroom.com, head over to our shop, and look for our 2015 calendar. We've actually made it bigger. Instead of being 8.5 by 5.5, it is... Um, 10 by 7, so it's a bit bigger in every direction. Uh, photos are all high res, and you can get your calendar for $10. Uh, we'll have them at the Hamburg Reptile Show uh, this weekend. We'll be uh, hanging out with uh, Chris Leone of Garden State Tortoise. Uh, so come visit us, get yourself a calendar, maybe buy a tortoise from Chris. And uh, So those are our calendars. All proceeds go to support our website and conservation projects. Steve, did, were we able to get more pictures? Like, I love this one with the it's of the in the Christmas tree. Were we able to get more holiday and month themed photos in this year, or is it uh, are you going basically for turtles? Uh, there weren't uh, there weren't really many themes. We didn't have Christmassy ones to use. Although you could you could argue that the October one is a great fall picture. We've got some really colorful leaves in there and everything. So, that's right. so there, this October might be themed. And the calendar. Okay. Well, listen. The calendar is. And this, see, that's the problem. This one you can is really eclipsed by the size of my head, and yeah. any calendar that's that's smaller than my head is not big enough to see. Can we just talk about the fact that that calendar is like three feet off the ground, but John is six foot nine? Like who's who's? I'm sitting down, obviously. Who's turning the pages on that? Your cat? Nobody. No, it stays on our refrigerator. I brought it in here so that there would be something behind me. Which obviously you don't need to do because your face is is this close to the. Camera. I do it on purpose. <laughs> um, all right, Can so you hear me? We, <laughs> <laughs> we want to get. Um, we wanted to get. We have a few more questions, Steve. Is that? We what do we're... have a few more questions. Um, oh man, I love this. <clears throat> okay. We do have a few more questions. Uh, Colonian Dynasty, he just uh, asked us to speak a little bit about uh, Pacific Pond Turtles. And knowing uh, Anthony's love for PPTs, I figured uh, I'd let him talk for a minute or two on Pacific Pond Turtles. I Yeah, 
Cool. I don't know where to start. I wish there was a little more of a specific question, but at the same time, I'm happy you brought them up. I love um, Pacific Pond Turtles. Uh, John, for you, Acton Emmys Marmorata, or still considered Emmys. Emmys um, by most crowds, yeah. By many, by many, yeah. Um, really, really cool, really cool species. Really drab species, but um, I think a lot of people who like uh, appreciate the tortoise. I'm sorry, the turtles from the old. Um, Clemmy's clad, uh, which include this, which included the spotted turtle, um, the Pacific pond turtle, the North American wood turtle, and which one am I forgetting? The bog turtle. Um, really appreciate them because they're they're kind of they're different than a lot of the species here. Um, they uh, they also are amazing survivors. If you've ever seen our videos on YouTube. I um, have had the pleasure and agony of keeping a female Pacific pond turtle, which has had the worst shell rot that I've ever seen in my entire life. A hole through her plastron all the way into the body cavity where skin grew over, where the colomic membrane um, kind of thickened into a skin, almost like a skin you'd see over like a chicken thigh, and it went in and out with respiration just like you'd see like on a lizard. And um, over 75% of her carapace looks like lava rock now because all of that needed to be debrided off because it had all rotted away. And the turtle is not only still alive, but is doing extremely well. Um, so uh, it's, it's amazing because you'd, you'd, um, expect, uh, you'd expect that this turtle would have died a long time ago. But she's still doing well. My juvenile female is still doing well. And actually, I lost my male after um, quite a few trips to the vet. Um, he had some kind of growth, which we had removed, and then he kind of went downhill fast after the procedure. So um, he is uh, no longer here. But um, he's, And he suffered from a lot of the same... Uh, Do I have water on my lap? What's that? Should I pour water in my lap for him as well? No, you don't have to. I'm sorry. I'll do it, I'll, I'll do no, it on have, there. You don't have to pour water in your lap. But, uh, yeah, he suffered from a lot of the same shell rot issues um, that, the, that the adult female has, and they both came in together. So a lot of really abnormal situations going on with that pair. The juvenile um, is doing great and is in perfect shape. So um, that's pretty much the update on my trio. Uh, <coughs> but, yeah, an amazing species. And there's a lot of research done on them. Um, not as much as like, you know, as far as North American species, not as much as obviously red ear sliders or western painted turtles, but there's a lot out there. If you actually look for stuff, there, there really is a lot on them, um, and, it, and it's cool um, because you can kind of read the differences between uh, different populations. Some populations grow larger and lay um, eggs at different sizes, um, so there's actually a lot of variation even though there's no longer a recognized subspecies. There's, it used to be um, Actinemys marmorata uh, palita, which is, which is the, um, the uh, southern form, which stays smaller. Um, but they're not uh, considered separate subspecies anymore. But um, make sure that you only breed uh, Pacific pond turtles from similar locations because it is very probable that there will end up being two or even four or who knows how many subspecies in the future because they're a lot like um, they're a lot like their closest relative the, the European pond turtle which now has like 13 subspecies and a separate species the Spanish I'm sorry the Sicilian terrapin 
Emmys, which are Emmys, what, what were some of the possible, uh, what are some of the po- possible species uh, subspecies breakdowns? I saw four that were um, that were uh, proposed, but um, like I said, there were officially two before, and right now there's no subspecies that are recognized. Uh, there, you know, there's there's arguments on that, just like there's arguments between actinemies and emmys. So, and sorry, I didn't mean to take a while. Away. Probably, no, yeah. no, yeah, it'll it'll probably never end. But um, I'm sure in our lifetime we'll see it change to more subspecies, and then probably change back again before it changes again. Who knows? But um, we look at all this, uh, you know, in such a like a in the moment um, type of uh, approach, but but really it's it's over the long haul. I mean, we're all young guys. In our lifetime, we're going to see things change a lot. Decades ahead of us. Indeed. Um, what else we got? What? All well, right. We have, we have up on the screen there. Oh, we're, we took it down. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I just popped. You want me to put it back up? Put it up real quick. Yeah, let's let's sh- just so that you guys can look. Um, uh, just this is our our over at the. Uh, the the TR room uh, we like to call it. This is one of our uh, our species profiles <laughs> on the Pacific, the Pacific pond turtle. The TR room. The Troom. <laughs> um, photos. That's my ju- that's my juvenile female right there. That photo is a couple years old. Um, so yeah, that's this is there's to have a, a better update there for you, uh, loyal viewer. This is. Those are a couple of pictures of the actual, um, the actual turtles we're referring to. Um, do we have more questions, or we do have a couple questions. Um, we also um, uh, another viewer. Uh, let me get his name up here. Uh, his YouTube name is Spino Raptor. He nice. asks, um, "What is the most outstanding turtle morph you have ever seen?" Well, Spinoraptor, <clears throat> I once saw a white wedding, uh, red-eared um, griffin python. Uh, that was that was the uh, that was the craziest. John, you are so dumb. Tony, and I mean that with love. You know that. Take it away. <laughs> well, if you're talking about what we what we've seen um, on uh, on photo or in person. In person, probably just an albino snapping turtle, which go for about eight thousand right now. But um, on photos, that I probably wasn't supposed to tell anyone about. Um, I've seen photos of albino um, albino panchura tecta, which what's the what's the um, common name for that? Is that a tent turtle? Uh, Indian roof turtle. Roof turtle, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, pretty much one of the most amazing-looking turtles or tortoises or reptiles on the planet in albino. Relatively impressive. Relatively impressive, yeah. So that was pretty cool. I'm I'm always was a fan of, and I'm generally, we've, you know, we've talked about this a bunch of times. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of... um, you know, of morphs, but what I did like was your the the caramel pink rittered slider. That was, I, I still think that that's the that's the coolest with the eyes. I think that's for me. 
the coolest they're one. They're a cool turtle. They're, they're really uh, a lot of the albinos kind of take a little while to kind of find their footing, so to speak. Uh, not really with ambulation, but with like feeding and stuff. That you, they need to smell for their food a little more than see it, and they usually get it, but it takes a little while. The caramels are hardy turtles. They're just like any other um, red ear sliders. So that's that's what I, I appreciate most about them. Uh, also, the fact that they have an eye like they're like they're from a James Cameron movie. It's pretty sweet. Right. What else you got, Steve? All right. Uh, somebody just Terminate. wanted us to talk a little bit about ham, the Hamburg Reptile Show coming up on Saturday. And we kind of mentioned it a little bit. Oh. <clears throat> um, this is one of the big ones on uh, big ones across the country. People come in uh, pretty regularly for uh, Hamburg. Um, you know, it's nothing like Daytona, but, uh, you know. Um, well, I've been to Daytona. I've been to Daytona, and I don't – I'm not I'm, – please, if you're listening, Wayne Hill, I apologize. I mean no disrespect. But I I really like Hamburg. It's, 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 it's a very unique – uh, it's a very unique experience, and not only can you buy hatchling turtles there, but you can also they have venomous snakes there. And um, I believe it's in I believe it's in Stolen World. It might be Lizard King, but I think it's Stolen World. They talk about the Hamburg Reptile Expo. And yeah, how cool Stolen it World. Yeah, it is Stolen World. Where you where um, I believe Hank Molt uh, had a comment about it that like a 16 year old could go there and buy a cobra for like 30 bucks or something. Like that's I'm totally, I'm sure I'm butchering that quote, but I'm just saying that's what's so cool about the Hamburg show. And I know it's not like that now, but this was back years and years ago, um, <laughs> that comment. But it really is, you're so close to some of, you know, some really unique stuff that you won't see, uh, that you might not see ever again in your life. Um, if you're talking about turtles, last time we were, uh, recently, I should say, when I was there, um, you know, we saw... Um, a four-eyed turtle there. Um, we saw a uh, Chinese bighead turtle. We saw um, Vietnamese black-breasted leaf turtles. These are all turtles that are rare, even at reptile shows. So, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff there in a, in a very small venue is, is the one issue. So you're definitely going to, like, bump into people when you go. But um, it's worth and, the trip. And speaking of bumping into people, please feel free to recognize, if anyone is listening... If you're going to be there and you can walk, see, you'll see us together, the two largest Americans that you know, please, it would be devastating to Tony's ego if you walked up and recognized me. Please. <laughs> I, I don't, I know you want to talk to him. Okay, I get it. I know that. But if you can come up and do that for me, that would go a long way for, for, um, for the tallying of points that's continually going on in our friendship. But actually, many, how many of us, is it, at least the three of us will be there. Uh, from the turtle room. Is there going to be any other guys coming up, Steve? Uh, not from our organization, but uh, there's always plenty of our friends there. Um, Chris Leone, um, who uh, I'll be vending with, he's a good friend of the turtle room. Um, he's a partner of ours. Uh, we've worked on um, numbers of projects uh, together. He's uh, contributed to our species profiles. Um, he and I got the uh, Western Hermans tortoise stud book off the ground a uh, oh, yeah. little more than a year ago. <coughs> Um, so yeah, Chris is a big time partner of ours and we love working with him. So it'll be a good fun day there to hang out with Chris. He's just a great no, dude too. Great dude. Loves to answer questions and take the time to help people. And if you're looking to buy a tortoise or he does keep a lot of, um, he does breed a lot of turtles as well. Top notch. Steve and I have been out to his facility in uh, New yeah. Jersey and I mean, 
this guy knows what he's doing, and he has healthy animals. And, when did you go to New Jersey? June. Uh, I didn't tell you about that because I was driving right through New York, and I didn't want you to be mad at oh. me for stopping by to say hi. It's probably better that you didn't say anything and it came up on the air, but what would I know about that? <laughs> That's not smart water. It's vodka. Uh, so, um, any other questions, Steve? Um, and then another viewer, uh, and this is right up your alley. Um, yes. He rattled a couple of them off, but uh, he was like, what about Galapagos or musk turtles? And then he said, what about the Madagascan tortoises? And I was like, ah, there we go. Right up Anthony's alley. So, uh, he just wanted you to talk a little bit about uh, the, the Madagascan tortoises. Sure, yeah. So, so Madagascar has four of the world's rarest tortoise species. Um, there's no other way to say it. Um, the smaller ones are not as um, commonly sought for, um, for food. They're not much of a meal, but um, some people will take like the spider tortoises um, to the black market so that they can puncture their shell and eat their liver. Um, so that seems kind of wasteful. But, you know, Madagascar itself is such a poor country. Um, even though there are some tribes that uh, feel that it's taboo to eat tortoises, there are more and more groups that are kind of realizing that they can make a lot much more money, a lot more money um, gathering and selling tortoises than they can pretty much doing anything else in Madagascar. And when you consider that they're burning their entire island uh, to make charcoal uh, slash and burn agriculture, then that pretty much tells you the story uh, in the plight of the tortoises on Madagascar. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got the, the plowshare tortoise, which now with the death of Lonesome George has become the rarest tortoise on Earth. With uh, Most often you'll hear the number at 400, 400 uh, um, animals in the wild. Then you've got the radiated tortoise, which is arguably the most beautiful tortoise on the planet, um, which the numbers are dwindling extremely fast. Um, and they're very, they can be tough to get um, your hands on <clears throat> in the United States, even though they're bred uh, quite readily they're on the endangered species uh, list, so you can't get them without a CBW permit, um, which we now have. We don't have any radiated tortoises, but we have a CBW permit. So it's only a matter of time, right, Steve? And That's then, great. And then, sorry, I didn't give you a chance to answer. And then um, they also obviously have the spider tortoise, Pyxis arachnoides, and um, the flat-tailed tortoise, Pyxis planicata, which are two species that I keep. And um, they're just, they're amazing. They're definitely amazing tortoises. And um, I, I find it so fascinating every time I see a special on Madagascar on TV. And, I mean, lemurs are great, but then they get to the reptiles and it's... Uh, you know, it's it's chameleons and, and stuff like that. They they won't even give you a taste of radiated tortoises, which I think anyone can appreciate. But I guess that's just my opinion. All right. Well, there's the answer to your questions. Please, uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up now. Um, we what just for the just to note, we wanted to go shorter, but we just kind of get carried away. So, um, uh, sorry for the tangential uh, rants, but um. We're very happy that you tuned in. Hopefully you're still listening. Uh, we're going to just show you. Please pop over to the turtleroom.com. Uh, you can take a look um, at a lot of the stuff that we have there. Uh, will probably be of interest. There's a lot of photos. There's a lot of uh, species profiles, um, a lot of other educational resources. So please pop over there. Um, look for the guy with the big eyes. That's um, 
that's the uh, the the head there, the headliner there. Um, Anthony at the turtleroom.com, Steve at the turtleroom.com, John at the turtleroom.com. Questions, comments, concerns. You guys are the best. Thank you so much.